0: Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I am Ben Rothenberg. I'm delighted on this show to be joined by Patrick Mortoglou, the founder of the Mortoglou Academy, the coach of Serena Williams. And more recently, the creator of the ultimate tennis showdown, UTS, which is one of the events that is springing up during this coronavirus stoppage that continues on the tours. So Patrick is here to talk about his new UTS products, but also a couple other things, large, more largely in the sport in general, to talk about emotion in tennis, change in tennis, room for growth in tennis as well as some of the more recent news around proposals around the U.S. Open, where they would limit players to only having one entourage member with them on site per player, and also how his charge, Serena Williams, is handling this stoppage in tour. Among other things, hope you'll enjoy this. I've wanted to have Patrick on NCR for a long time, so I'm glad to get him today. Here he is. Hope you enjoy. Very excited to be joined here by Patrick Mortoglou to talk about the ultimate tennis showdown, UDS, which you've started up. Patrick, thanks for being here, first of all. And I'm curious, just this idea you had for UTS, is this something that you had an idea for before, or is this something that's purely been sort of a, uh, a brainchild of this, of the stop time on on tour?
1: Uh, It's both. (laughs) Uh, I've been thinking about it for a long time because um, I am aware that the, the average age of the the fan of tennis is getting older. We're at 61 years old now, and it's getting one year older every year. So uh, this, sends quite a lot of messages to us. The first met- message is that uh, the core fans of tennis are very loyal to tennis. They started to love tennis probably in the 70s and the 80s, and they're still here. 40 years or 50 years after, it shows that, uh, that tennis is very addictive. It's, it's a great sport, so we keep our fans, but it says also that we're not renewing our fan base. Um, so We're not getting new people on board, especially not not many young people. So uh, I thought that uh, tennis needed something else. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, the ATP and the WTA have to change and the Grand Slams. I think it's great also to have tradition. I think they're also doing a good job at uh, making their fans happy because they're still here 40 or 50 years after. But I think that it's important also to get new people on board to uh, um, yeah, to, to, uh, to grow the fan base of tennis and, and especially to uh, to renew it. So I think for that, we need a second, uh, a second league that is more modern, that is different, uh, that proposes a, let's call it a product, even though it doesn't sound good for sport, but it is a product because it's, t- it's a TV product, a product that, uh, that, is, more, uh, but that is faster, more dynamic, uh, more interactive, more modern, uh, and that suits better the younger generations
0: already in just in the sort of marketing for it. I can see you guys having a lot of fun with this or just taking it. I don't I I don't want to say less seriously, but you know, you the the, na- the nicknames you have for players that come out like Tsitsipas the Greek god and you know, Puy the French flair and Matteo Berrettini the hammer. Like these are not things that you would have seen Wimbledon do had this been a normal tour year right now. Um and so I, I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm curious you you're somebody who I think you know from seeing your your thoughts on different things in tennis. You're somebody who I guess thinks tennis should be has room to be a lot looser, right? A lot less uh, tied to tradition and to being serious all the time, potentially. Is that fair?
1: Yes, uh, but I'm a tennis fan. Since I'm four years old, I, I, I gave everything I had for tennis and, uh, and I love tennis also the way it is. Um, so I understand that the core fans don't want change. Uh, I think still there, there could be some slight changes, but, uh, but basically I like tennis the way it is. It's just that uh, we don't take ourselves seriously. We want to have fun, we want to enjoy, we want... For me, f- I mean, sport is, has to be all this. It has to be fun, it has to be emotional, it has to be interactive. Uh, and especially in our world in 2020, the world has changed so much and the, the way consumers uh, watch sport and, and video in general has changed so much in the last years. I think it's important to propose a different way to showcase tennis for that reason. If we want to get new, again, new fans on board, that's the only way. And we have to consider also that the offer is so much bigger than what, you, what it used to be in the 80s. Now you have so many different sports. You have gaming, mm-hmm. you have all those series. There are so many different options. So if your product is slow, complicated, or you need to invest three hours minimum or two and a half hours, and you have no chance to get the young people. So yeah. I think it's very complementary. I think both leagues can really live well next to each other and feed each other, actually.
0: I think the things you're saying about the entertainment changes, I think that's been a, a topic I've heard a lot from sort of tennis executive and tennis marketing people. Like, you know, they see tennis as competing for entertainment time among fans against not just, you know, golf and basketball but also against instagram and also against other things like that like anything people can do with their free time theoretically tennis is a a competitor for or kept competitor with and uh there's a there's a need to sort of modernize it that way and so i guess i guess that's a way to segue into the the changes you've made or the experiment the innovations new ideas you have for in this UTS, because there really are. It was on the press conference call yesterday. You had and there's a lot of changes here. I mean, sometimes people mm-hmm. talk about changing things, and there's not really that much change. But you have the biggest change, I think, that you have in the UTS rules, is this idea that length of match time is determined not by the score but by by a clock. And uh, I'm curious how you how you decided this one. That seems like probably the most uh, radical sort of change to tennis as we know it to have a, a timer. It decides like, like, you know, like basketball, like hockey or something or soccer. When the clock is up, whoever's winning wins this uh, period of the match.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just want to say one word about what you said. Sure. Yeah. You first, you're right. We're also competing with social medias and I forgot this. Totally. I, I don't like the word change because we don't change. We propose something else. With tennis, tastes what it is. And I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people are, are complaining that I'm doing what I'm doing first of all I think people should complain once they see the results but they mm. haven't seen anything yet so it's a bit early to complain they have they can complain afterwards no problem but okay. they should they shouldn't complain because it's the different tennis if they don't like it they don't watch it I don't touch tennis I don't have anything against tennis I love tennis and I'm I'm the biggest fan of the ATP of the WTA and, and and the Grand Slam so what do they complain about there is no reason for complaining I just want to grow the fan base of tennis because I love tennis. And if people love tennis, they should they should be happy that I'm trying to make it more uh, successful in the future. Now to answer about your question about the clock, uh, which I, I agree it's, it's such a huge change for tennis. You know, when, when I created the product, I also looked at first of all, what was great in the eighties that we can bring back because I think in the eighties tennis was different. And as I'm on tour, and as a professional, I'm in touch with the fans who tell me every single day of my life that tennis was better before, and I'm mm. quite tired to hear that, and probably you too, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and then I, I ask them why, and they always answer the same. Oh, we had better personalities before, and I tell them that's not true, but what is true is that they were expressing themselves before, and they don't, they don't express themselves anymore. So yeah. this is something we want to bring back, 100%. But we also looked at all the other sports, the most successful ones, the ones who are able to recruit new fans, young fans, uh, gaming, uh, TV shows, also series. What what do they do uh, to be successful? And what does tennis don't do? And the time is important. The length is very important. And also there is two things that we have to take into consideration that are, for me, two of the problems of tennis. If I'm a fan of Titsipas, I have, I mean, I don't have my whole day to watch Titsipas' match, but I really want to watch his match because I love Titsipas. So, how Mm -hmm. do I organize? I make my schedule around his match, which is supposed to be at two o'clock. But you know that in tennis, the match that is supposed to be at two can be at five o'clock. Yeah. So, it messes up my whole schedule. And what about if I'm in the US and the tournament is in Europe and I wake up at one o'clock in the morning and he ends up playing at four o'clock in the morning? This is a nightmare for the fans. Yeah. It's also a nightmare for the broadcasters. But I, I think, I'm thinking about the fans, uh, and I, I think it's important to think about the fans because they make us successful. They make tennis successful. If you don't have the fans, you have no more tennis. So that's why I imagine a, a product that I thought, and I think, I still think, is the poss- in theory the best product for the fans. A product that will give them what they can expect from sports emotion, fun, uh, something dynamic, and something that they can digest. They love yeah. this player. In one hour, they've seen the whole match, the whole drama, the whole thing from the start to the end.
0: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's been a huge problem for tennis for a long time, that if you're a fan of you know, Serena or Federer and you want to see them at the US Open, you don't know until... Friday, or so before the tournament, maybe maybe even later than that, which day they're going to be playing on the next week of the first week of the tournament. And then you don't know till the night before whether going can be a day session or a night session which ticket you have to buy. So that's that's a nightmare for fans. It's something that is a really unique tennis disadvantage. Yeah. What well, about the night before? And then finally they yeah. play three
1: hours after what
0: was supposed to yeah. be. All of those things, the lack of guaranteed times, so is definitely working against tennis. I, I agree with that for sure. You mentioned the the match time, and one of the things that gets me thinking about is when people talk about short attention spans, they talk about best of five, and you mentioned a few times on the calls this age 61 for the average age of fans, which I think is, in that study, I think if we're looking at the same thing, I think that's for men's tennis is 61. And for women, it's 55, which is a pretty Absolutely. big gap in these studies. So I'm curious what you think, and I know right now UTS is a is a only men event. But I'm curious what you think women's tennis is doing to have a, a younger audience. Is it, is it the best of three? Is it having more new champions? Different sorts of personalities? Is it that older fans are maybe just less interested in, in women's sports? Or why do, why do you think that is? Because that's a pretty big gap between the, between the two tours.
1: That's totally right. And uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. No idea. But what is sure is, I mean, do you know a lot of people who sit down for five hours to watch anything, I don't know any. So, I mean, and for one great match in five sets, uh, probably a a of Vrinka at Rangaros, or, uh, of course, the great finals of Roger against Novak or or, uh, Rafa against Novak. I mean, out of those matches, you know, uh, there are so many matches that are not really exciting. Yeah, and uh, and I complain also. I mean, I complain. I think it's a mistake to protect too much the top players in the Grand Slams because they win too easily their matches for the first four or five matches, and this is the matches you show on the biggest TVs in prime on, on in in prime time. You say or on prime time?
0: Yeah, in prime time. Yeah,
1: in prime time, mm-hmm. and you and and there is those matches have zero suspense. So no suspense means no emotion. So I mean, again the. Number one reason why people watch sport is to have emotions. So you have to create an environment where the emotion can happen. But when you do that, you create an environment in which there are ninety percent chances that there will be zero emotion the
0: whole match. Yeah, you, you talked in the in the press conference yesterday about you know how Curios fills stadiums as being an example of of emotion being really important to selling a sport, which I totally agree with. And then obviously the players you picked for this field clearly you know, picking guys like Benoit Pair, picking Dustin Brown. There's clearly an entertainment factor going into your field, which I can appreciate for sure. How, how do you how do you sort of get other players to to loosen up, someone like a like a golf fan or a Luca Pui to be more expressive on court cuz they can usually be fairly uh, I mean golf fan has his moments, but generally they're pretty they're pretty serious guys. And especially I guess especially also with UTS with not being in front of big crowds in person, how do you sort of get them to uh, to deliver the kind of uh, emotion that you want in, the, in this setting? Um, first of all, I, I told them that they were completely free. I mean,
1: of course, there are limits, and they have to have limits, uh, but they have much more freedom to express all kinds of emotions. They can even talk to the opponent. I have no problem with that, okay. in, which is absolutely not authorized in, their, in classical tennis. But I don't want them to be uh, to be uh, curiouses. You know, what I like is is different personalities, and that's I think that's what's interesting. I'm not. I don't want to have clones of, of uh, Nick Kyrgios. It wouldn't make mm. sense either. Uh, I think what makes the sport, I mean, and, and I think life interesting is that we're all very different and we have different personalities, and and the the the, the audience, has always, the the choice to like or dislike people to uh, and, and to feel for them something positive or negative if Kyrgios the the stadiums are full is because you either love him or you hate him
0: Mm -hmm. Plenty people go there to cheer against Kyrgios for sure
1: of course of course but that's fantastic that's exactly because 100% of those people feel something during the matches yeah 100% so that's fantastic that's exactly why people watch sport and you'll see also that the audience that watches Kyrgios is much younger much much younger that's true Uh, yeah because of all these things he's doing. So at UTS, I want different personalities. And I'm completely okay to have also players who are very calm. And it's good. Because, again, if this is variety. This is, this is what we need. Yeah.
0: No, it's true. It's like, it's like Borg McEnroe. You need the, the, the contrast. Exactly. It's good. Yeah. I get that. If two, two McEnroes going against each other, wouldn't be as, as interesting in a lot of ways.
1: I mean, two McEnroe's is fun, but if you had only McEnroe's, then it would not be fun at all. It'd be, it'd be exhausting,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, too intense. Uh, yeah. this is Obviously, UTS is the latest one. There's been a few other sort of tennis innovative leagues or uh, events that have popped up over the years. I mean, World Team Tennis started back in the 70s and had a lot of different rules that it introduced. And IPTL was last decade maybe in, in tennis and other things that have, you know, and some of the World Team Tennis things that they innovated have still studied with the sport now and are seen as normal innovations like they were the first ones to do hawkeye they were the first ones to do multicolor hard courts and things like that and on-court coaching and i'm, I'm curious if, if you if you looked at other sort of other previous uh examples when you were coming up with your with your format and how and how you sort of what kind of things that you you really thought were the because there are we haven't mentioned but there's other different uh things and, and your format has a lot more sort of twists to it there's the the cards they can play like double the importance of the next point and things like that what, what did you look at when you were coming out, up with your ideas or was it all just sort of off your off the top of your head
1: uh you didn't mention the labor cup which i think cup, is yeah. one of the best events in tennis i've seen in my life i think it's amazing yeah so i didn't look too much at what others and you didn't mention either tiebreak dance which is also a, right. an attempt to do things very differently so there are quite a lot of things huh Mm-hmm, yeah, actually. Uh, well, I mean, it shows that there is a gap to, 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 uh, for a product, a tennis product that is, uh that is more modern. There is, I mean, an opportunity. Yeah. Well, I didn't look too much at what the other ones are doing because I wanted to do something really different. I I was much more inspired again by other sports, also by uh, by e-sport. Um by series uh tv shows uh like for a few things about uh, a few things that i liked in the voice that i that i took and, and adapted to tennis for example hmm.
0: the voice the tv show you mean yeah yeah the tv show yeah. okay huh.
1: yeah yeah i mean the coach has a buzzer and he can interrupt the game with the mm-hmm. buzzer um also uh, the emotion of the family when the people are singing during the yeah. voice we have this in the box in the players okay. box with the uh, with the uh, I, all, all the the team of the of the players who we're gonna follow, and, and when, whenever they're gonna because they go through all kind of emotions during a match, and they also yeah. have interesting discussions. We want we want to show that because it's 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 the behind the scenes that I think the audience wants to wants to hear, and their emotion because I, again it's all about emotions. The emotion that is in the box, if you can feel it, because when you watch a match, being sitting in the box, it's not the same experience at all. Because you get all the feedbacks, but also all the emotion and the tension from the box, and it's so communicative. You know, you want to get, you you get it, and uh, I think if the audience at home can get a a piece of that, it's amazing. So, again, and this is only authenticity. Again, there is nothing fake. We don't create anything. We just give the 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 possibility for the people at home to to get a piece of the real drama and to get the drama that is on the court.
0: Yeah, no, certainly you're right. I mean, watching the families on, when you're watching one of those voice auditions is more dramatic than watching the actual singer themselves sometimes, for sure. Yeah, Looking at one of the other events that's starting up, I think, this weekend, uh, is Novak Djokovic has this Adria Cup going on in Serbia right now. And, and seeing, just as from an American perspective, and I don't know how things, I'm sort of curious for your point how things are in Europe here, but seeing... The players in that sort of all close together and hugging and stuff after all of this coronavirus concern and social distancing and things. I've had a few people message me how surprised they are to see players being that close together in Serbia now. Different parts of Europe coming together there. I'm, I'm curious, just sort of what sort of safety or social distancing things you're gonna you're doing or need to do now for for UTS. Like what sort of precautions as as we all sort of figure out how tennis can come back. What sort of uh, limits you're doing for, for UTS on, this, on the safety front?
1: Well, we have a lot of precautions, a lot. Uh, I wanted to have an official authorization from the government because I wanted to be sure to be able to hold the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get it. And I also asked to have all the, the conditions uh, that needed to be uh, respected because I don't want to have anyone be at risk during the competition. So we have a, a full list and we respecting everything. And actually all the players got tested before they got in double okay. test, like a blood test. And then a nose test also, we, you will see that during the, during the match, all the ball boys have a mask, have gloves. Uh, we asked the players not to shake hands, but to, rather to hit their rackets uh, next mm-hmm. uh, against each other. So no, we are extremely careful as much as possible. And we, we have rules that we need to respect and we we just we even went further
0: is uts going to have limits on the number of people who can be on site like the uh us open's gotten a lot of attention in the last 10 days or so for this idea they have that players can only bring one person uh with them on site as their entourage normal players you know like a serena might have you know 10 people in her box in a match but this uh, this would be very different to have only one. I'm curious if, if UTS is, is doing anything like that to sort of keep numbers low on the ground. And then also separately, what, what you think of, of that rule as someone who's been in a lot of player teams in your day?
1: I mean, uh, to, to be to be honest, I don't know why the US Open wants only one person. I guess they don't want to fly over too many people. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why they, they came out with this rule. This is absolutely not a rule that was imposed by the government here in France. Mm-hmm. We have... Very few cases of coronavirus here in south of France anymore. It's uh, it, it's decreasing uh, really fast, and we're almost done with it. Good. And uh, and we're bringing, yeah, for sure. Uh, we were the first ones in France, actually, the the, the southeast uh, to be to get rid of it. In Europe today, you're you're able to fly from a country to another. It's 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 authorized if you have a good reason, of course. But it's authorized, so we don't have those restrictions so much. I think we are. We 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 get re- we're in a better position uh, regarding COVID-19 than the U.S., who's in a way where it started later. But we're you're still I feel much more uh, into it, especially in New York. So that's why yeah. I think the rules are so strict in New York. If the U.S. Open would have happened in Florida, probably the rules would have been different. So I think yeah. everyone adapts the rules to the the situation of the city they're in and uh, coronavirus-wise, of course that's fe- what i feel. Yeah.
0: Would you would you feel comfortable coming to the US for the US Open right now with would, everything you I see?
1: Would, yeah, I would have no problem. No and problem. And I no. think no. I no. I think it's a it's a grand slam. Uh I think the USTA definitely needs a, to to hold it because financially uh, it's it's necessary and I I feel like uh, if i heard if i read well the USTA had to fire a lot of people and uh, you don't want them to fire <laughs> Uh, twice more or three times more people because the US Open yeah. uh, can take place. Also, it's a Grand Slam. I mean, even if the conditions are really difficult, I think players should go. I mean, now there are some players who have extremely uh, special situation and can't go, which is something I understand, too. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying uh, I know there is a big fight, from what I hear, between the players and the ATP and US Open because, you know, everybody's trying to ask for a, I think players should, uh, add, that's my feeling, at the moment, they should be, uh, be uh, I mean, think about the, industry. You know, the yeah. industry. The industry is suffering extremely because of the economical crisis at the moment, and uh, players should help the industry. Don't think too much about your prize money or this and that. I mean, they should be happy to be able to, to compete, happy to make money and help the industry which is struggling because if the industry is struggling even more it's going to be even worse for the players so
0: yeah no i saw that when there was the quote that was in the stories for about from chillich asking for more money than usual because of this and us open was like that's doesn't reflect our reality at all we're having to you know fire people that's not really possible so hopefully yeah players can sort of understand the the circumstances now i'm curious i'm curious for you what what it's been like keeping players prepared to have when we don't know when the big tournaments are coming back necessarily we don't know if you if you have something's going to happen or not yet we're recording this on june 12th and it's still a bit of a question if it will happen or not how have you when you're talking to players whether it's uh someone you know young like Sitsipas or some other player your main player Serena like how what are you telling them in terms of how prepared or how ready to be uh during this whole stoppage time which has had so much uh uncertainty
1: I I think it's the, one of the biggest challenge they they all had to uh, to go through because for a tennis player not to know when you play it's the worst difficult thing on the planet when you're mm-hmm. gonna play competition because I mean they don't even understand why they practice I mean they know intellectually why they practice because they have to keep in shape but not to know when you're gonna be able to play a match again is the most uh, challenging thing for a tennis player who are used to have short term goals all their life. so it's tough uh, actually uh, since they knew they could play UTS uh, I could feel uh, such a huge difference in the quality of the practice of the players because suddenly they have a goal oh it changes everything Yeah. so I think that ch- what, what players are trying to do is be 80% ready which uh, and oh. the 20 extra they will work on that as soon as they know when they're gonna play next
0: uh, yeah, you're right.
1: uh, yeah
0: yeah well, I was would say you're right because tennis every week is a new tournament basically. So there's constantly new goals every week. You're a new city, yeah. And so removing that is, is tough.
1: Yeah, and this is what motivates them to push at practice. When they don't have that, it's so difficult.
0: How much? How much have you been in touch with with someone like Serena about her, her routines now? I, I guess you have not been physically together. You have not been in the U.S. I don't think since no. this stoppage. But how much? Are you, what What kind of stuff has she been doing? What are you? What are you telling her to, to work on? I know. I, I think I saw something from her that she was sort of grateful for this this rest time overall, yeah. to sort of have time yeah. to heal. But but at, at a certain point, probably she's I'm guessing had enough rest, or how do how do because <laughs> sure. she, she's obviously <laughs> in a in a different stage of her career than a So so how do you uh, how, how do how have you worked with Serena during this time? What is what is she focused on?
1: Um, so you t- you're totally right. She she took a lot of rest and she needed because she had a, a, an injury and she she needed to rest anyway so and after that she started to to do some fitness to get back in shape and maybe two three weeks ago something like that maybe three weeks ago she started tennis again okay so i mean she knows what she has to do she doesn't need me of course but she's uh she's uh filming her tennis sessions and sending me the videos so and we could speak about it nice. uh but, but it's yeah but i mean which which was nice actually but uh again it's uh we're we're relaxed there is a no rush. Uh, if she plays the U.S. Open, then uh, her, I know her motivation will go back to 100% and then uh, uh, the practices uh, will be uh, even, go in terms of intensity, will go to the next level. But I don't know if her decision is taken yet. We actually didn't speak about it. We were waiting uh, to hear from the U.S. Open what was the plan. Now the plan is quite clear, so I guess in the next days we, we have to
0: speak. You think there's a chance she might not then, I guess, that she might not play in New York?
1: I think she will want to play 100%, but I don't know how she can go there with only one person because uh, I don't see her... I don't imagine her three weeks without a daughter, so maybe Mm -hmm. her daughter will coach her.
0: (laughs) She could be be good. I've seen... uh... She's certainly watching more and more tennis, and I'm sure she's picking up I, some things. She can, she can only do better than me in the Grand Slam finals, that's sure. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. At the Academy, you're around a lot of different players in different stages of their careers, right? So you're around players who are... or Serena, you're, it's not the Academy, but she's been on tour for a long time. You also have younger players like Tsitsipas who are maybe dreaming of, you know... Not not dreaming, but maybe thinking, hey, this could be the year I win my first Grand Slam in 2020. Which could be a realistic expectation in a lot of ways. Who do you think this is sort of this stoppage is is toughest on, on tour, and and how do you expect different kinds of players to to return from it? Because we don't we don't really see what players have been doing for the last gosh, it's only three months so far, but it feels like a lot longer than that in a lot of ways.
1: Uh, I think it's uh, what happened is going to help the players who have the most experience uh, because they don't need a lot of time to come back. They don't need a lot of competition to come back. Uh, we re- we all remember uh, Roger coming back from six month injuries mm-hmm. and and winning Grand straight straight away. Uh, it's not something that anybody else can do than those guys. Uh, so, you know, the other players will need to play a lot of matches, have to get the feel for competition back, and this takes time. Uh, the champions have so much experience; they know themselves so well, they don't need that much time. So, I. I mean, short term, it's it will be, I think, better for the for the older ones. Uh, but on the other hand, the clock is uh, running for them, so yeah. <laughs> this is the negative part of it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, it's it's tough. What, one last thing on the on the U.S. Open thing, I was curious. Do you feel like whether it's Serena or Satsopas, with this one player rule, that you'd be able to effectively coach or guide a player at a tournament without being actually with them in person at a tournament, or would that be impossible?
1: What do you mean in person?
0: I mean, if, if you, let's say, for example, there's a rule that Serena can only take one person and you are, not would do you need to be her person in order to coach her there? Or do you think that you could sort of watch her on TV and communicate with her by phone and things like that, no. and have that be effective?
1: Uh, I don't think you can coach anyone by phone yeah. uh, effectively to be clear. But yeah. I don't, But maybe she can win the US Open without me too. Maybe. I'm not yeah. saying... Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, if everybody's on the same
0: page, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, but... Uh, yeah, if, everyone, if it's yeah. equal for everybody, I guess, then it's not Exactly. Unfair. No,
1: because yeah. coaching, you have to be around the person a lot to feel the emotions of the person, to see things that the players don't see. I mean, if you're not there, it's, it's very difficult. As much as the communication between the player and the coach is good, it's still not enough. So I think if there is one person who should be there, it's the coach for sure. And the mm-hmm. coach can do the fitness too. If he has a program, uh, the players can use the physio of the ATP and the WTA, which is not great because the, their own physios know them better than anybody also, but mm-hmm. but it's okay. It, uh, for one tournament, it can work.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time here, Patrick, and good luck with the UTS starting tomorrow now. Thank you best ben. of luck. Best of luck with it and uh, look forward to seeing how it goes. Thank you. Please give thanks. me some feedback. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. So thank you very much to Patrick. And if you want to watch the matches of the UTS, they can be found at UTSLive.tv for all the streaming you need there. And it's also on lots of TV channels around the world as well. So check your local listings. And we will locally list our thanks for you for listening to this episode, especially if you're one of our Patreon backers at patreon.com/slash no challenges remaining. We have one new backer in the less than 24 hours since we last posted an episode. That's Jean Simeon, who actually bumped her pledge up to our Challenger level, where we mentioned you on the show. So thank you very much, Jean, for that. And thank you, as always, to our Slam Champ level backers, who are Susanna W., Liz Kinnell, Jonathan Weinbaum, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, and Mary Carrillo, and our GOAT backer, J.O.D. If you want to follow along with us outside of our Patreon, there's ways to do that as well. Twitter's probably the best, at NCR underscore tennis. You can also send us emails with any comments, questions on NCR to no challenges remaining at gmail.com. We'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there, everybody. Hope you're well. Bye-bye.